absolutely phenomenal. And how do you put statistics on this, Phil? This isn't measurable because this is the art of human. I think there's tears in your eyes, Raymond. It's the 20th of December. Welcome to the Soccer in Theory podcast with Rehan Ahmed and Mark Jay. I'm Ashwin Bajaj, and together we'll be discussing the event coming out of the last week in the world of football and perhaps looking towards the week ahead. You can follow us on the Soccer in Theory podcast, available both on Apple and Spotify, and also on our website, soccerintheory.com. Well, we have a winner of the World Cup, it's Argentina, and Messi finally gets what most of his supporters, well, all of his supporters, and including a lot of people who perhaps weren't supporting him, wanted that he eventually gets a World Cup. Lots of things to talk about. This game had everything. And I know that all three of us are raring to go and, and, and discuss the whole match analytically and I imagine some we will end up gushing a lot also um, when the time comes. <laughs> I know this is not going to be something that we will probably discuss too much, but just as an early plug, I thought the referee had a very good match. Um, um, mm. I, I don't know if you guys agree with that, yep. but three mm. penalties, he called them all. He didn't need the VAR. He also booked, I'm forgetting the, the French, I think it may have been Turam for diving. I mean, he tried to... Yeah, yeah, that was a great penalty. call. So he had a great, great call. Maybe one or two yellow cards that he could have given, but I think that was it didn't really affect the match very much. Anyway, um, well, we can begin with... An extremely first... buff gentleman as well, Ashram. Did you notice <laughs> well, the that... size of the man's shoulders? Well, he was. Yes. He was <laughs> he had a touch of Pierluigi. <laughs> yes, there we go. That's the name we wanted to get in there. Right, <laughs> Like How a long did we go on referee talk? Bald and piercing eyes. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's start with the first 45 minutes. Um, two goals, but importantly, I mean, well, those were important, but also the changes that Deshaun made just before the half, which I guess set the tone. Ran, I, I know you had, we, we had the, those, yep. we were trading texts before I think we all got shell-shocked um, for the match, but um, what do you think of the that yeah, early... you know, I thought it was it was just fascinating. First off, that um, Ar- a lot of the, the attention will go to the Argentine setup and Scaloni. He played just a master stroke um, by starting Di Maria wide left, which I don't think anyone expected. We thought in props to Scaloni, this whole tournament has been changing, uh, chopping and changing every single match. Um, so Argentina starts out with essentially a 4-3-3 um, with Di Maria wide left and McAllister as the left central midfielder and De, uh, Rodrigo Paul on the right and Enzo Fernandez just straight up holding. Um, and so this meant that in possession, there were times in the first 20 minutes that Messi was out wide as a lining up as a right wing, almost like old young Messi, but essentially he did tuck in narrow. Um, and when he tucked in narrow, you had Molina go up high alongside him and, and join in the attack. Now this was completely gutsy and courageous and not what anyone else has done when playing France and Kylian Mbappe. Um, Cause that French left wing, the Argentine right 
that's what would worry any Argentina fan coming in. And that's what, you know, England had a, everyone doubling back um, to deal with Mbappe. But Argentina just took the game to them and decided, no, we'll deal with this in the precise opposite way. Di Maria is going to be, we're, we're going to play through the left wing. Uh, Di Maria high in the left wing in the first 35 minutes was um, man of the match, definitely man of the first half. So, um, so, so that was kind of incredible to me. And I thought, so as you mentioned, those, um, the, the substitutions are going to be, there, there weren't, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about what you guys thought about them as well. There were definitely, it was a drastic sort of thing. He hinted at the Giroud sub in the last match in the Morocco match under sort of different circumstances. You take Giroud off and you change your shape because they started off in their normal kind of um, fourth, uh, 4-3-3 of sorts with, with Rabio with Chamani as the holding midfielder, Rabio in on the left side, helping out behind um uh, Mbappe and in front of Teo Hernandez and Giroud up top. And so once you take Giroud off in the last match, they brought Marcus Ramon, had him be the left winger, and this let Mbappe just play as kind of a central player, right? And you thought that part I thought was a great, um, like a good idea if you're going to change something up drastically. But taking off Dembele, everyone will sort of remember that. Uh, ill-fated 1v1 against Di Maria. Di Maria beats him. Mbappe, <laughs> come, I'm sorry, Dembele comes back and, and nicks him and gives up the pen, penalty. And that's sad because yeah. there was that and there was another time where he lost the ball. But otherwise, Mbappe, I mean, Dembele, sorry, had to play right mid in a 4-4-2 when they were defending. Um, and so he he had a lot to do and I think he wasn't the worst of the French performances in those first 30 minutes. The two people who had terrible, terrible performances um, were Griezmann and Teo Hernandez. And Absolutely. I think this will be... This Griezmann will be was terrible. Because, he was yeah, terrible. This, this will be missed because the, in the overall match, maybe not so much, but in the first 20, 25 to 30 minutes when it mattered, um, Teo you know, miscontrolled a pass that... Uh, there was it wasn't just the type of mistakes he made in his in the final third which each of them gave the ball away multiple times leading to Argentina breaks um, but when he, they tried to do something tactical to yes it's true Argentina had most of the ball and they went for it but when France try in possession tried to do something interesting like they had an overload Mbappe came in infield at one point and Giroud dropped off to almost have a close like pl- playing to two forwards playing together and they had Teo Hernandez push high up the left. This was, it was going to work. They played the, Chamani made the long ball to him. Chamani was playing quite well. It's another sad situation that he misses the penalty because in terms of these long balls that he was putting in there, they were really good. He, he sprays the diagonal. Teo just completely wastes the overload. And when you do something like that and you, you get pulled in field and suddenly you just have to make a back pass, it, you ha- and then you give it up again. So you had these imbalances you've created and it's a double whammy. You sort of fail to uh, execute on the advantage and then you give it away. Um, so yeah, both of those players were, were, were terrible. And these are like the, the kind of things I want to just highlight as, um, as what was happening in the buildup. Because in the buildup, other than that, they were starting off in possession in the 4-2-4 France, essentially. 
um, and with Griezmann going high. And then it became later on by the 20th minute or so, it became like a 4-1-2-3 with Chameni as the clear holding mid and Rabio and and Griezmann sort of tucking back in. Um, either way, it it wasn't working. And I mean, I think it was just um, the Di Maria t- on left wing was it was it was death to this is another brilliant aspect of this Joel Kunde was he was pulled all the way out by this mm. and yeah he's not normally a right back but he was pulled all the way out and Dembele had to come back and, and double back all the way yeah, so totally. what to so to go from that once they got possession Dembele had this huge run to play and they could comfortably get back into possession right so um that was uh, it was just really something to to see the way that they were able to execute perfectly on this completely new game plan in a sense and i i also thought Tagliafico had a fantastic game um yeah, he played well he, he played incredibly and they had him play really high on dembele when so there was a he made like like four uh, four interceptions, like four tackles. I think he was like 100% tackling rate in the match. Like technical people didn't put a foot wrong. And uh, I think that was another aspect of why Dembele had so much trouble um, at the beginning. They played high, those fullbacks played high and put them under pressure. Um, and, you know, Di Maria was obviously awesome. And just the last person that, I mean, Enzo was just incredible. <laughs> The whole match. I mean, the whole tournament has been amazing, and you know the, the the stats. Obviously, he had the most touches by far of anyone in the game. But you see that, like that linking play of midfielder coming short, and every time you'll see if he goes from center back to the other center back, he comes short, and he'll go into the other half space and go short immediately thereafter. So, mm-hmm. and if in the lead up to the build up to the first goal, or the, rather the penalty. It's Enzo who comes short twice and mm-hmm. picks up the ball. And as he, what he does is he draws in Giroud first. And then Giroud never really goes away. He draws in Griezmann. And Griezmann and Giroud are still are no farther than 40 yards away from their own goal, which is why, because of Griezmann's mistake right. being too high there, Kunde has to, has to um, cycle infield and mark Alexis McAllister. And this is why Dembélé is 1v1 all alone with Di Maria. Mm -hmm. And to his credit, Dembélé checks his shoulder right before. And he's like, oh, my God, I have to defend (laughs) this guy. And if he beats me, I have to recover. And so he beat him. And then he didn't check his shoulder a second time to realize that the help had come. But that's why the recovery tackle came in there. And so, so yeah, that that was a huge issue. And then we can talk about the the second Argentina goal later because that's another sort of tragedy defensively um, between Rabiot and Griezmann just getting caught too high uh, for no good reason. No good reason. Like, you just check your shoulder and, this, like, this was mm-hmm. happening in slow motion. Um, so, so yes, obviously, Argentina played fantastic and it was great to watch. But in that first phase of the game, France got a lot wrong. Uh, Ashwin, you were asking, like, several times throughout the tournament if their midfield was good enough. You know, French and he thought that that was the, yeah, French yeah. midfield. And this was the first time where I thought it really showed that it was not good enough at all. And Griezmann did play poorly in the initial stage, but he also played about 
what I had expected him coming into the tournament, right. which yeah. was not the mega world-class number 10 that he's been throughout the tournament. Because in fact, without him coming back and linking up play and like around saying pressing intelligently um, behind Giroud, then it's just Rabio and Chalmini against you know Barcelona, who has a midfield three and Messi coming in deep to get the ball. They're just going to get overloaded behind. Um, and yeah, Teo Hernandez, very questionable, um, questionable performance, I, I thought. Um, but a, a note on Dembele also is, it's Ashwin, it's what you said last week. It's decision-making, you know? That's what, that's the thing with Dembele. Just, he, he didn't play, he didn't play well. I agree, he didn't play poorly enough for him to be signaled out like that. I thought that was brutal. I mean, I thought the, the substitution... Even a, tactics aside, which I am interested in the tactics of what he tried to do, but tactics aside, I thought it was a brutal decision. There's three minutes till halftime. I, I couldn't understand that. I see you itching to say something, Ashwin. Go ahead. No, no, no. Finish your thought. Because I had a couple of things to say about Di Maria and then Dembele. So finish your thought. Yeah, because, D, yeah, well, with like, obviously, Di Maria pulled out, like Ram had said, like a master class, and we've seen it before. I, I remember seeing it. In, in the Champions League, like four years ago, when when Tuchel was still their manager, and I was watching them, and Tuchel was playing this ridiculous like four, basically one like five or six or whatever it is. Like he so played all P- of his attacking players. PSG, you mean? Okay. In PSG, yeah, exactly. And um, I remember after the match telling someone, Di Maria is the best player in the planet. Like, like he's the best. I, I, I know it sounds crazy, but it, it is. He absolutely on his day is, is is the best. Messi was 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 like starting to deteriorate his form. I was like, Di Maria is the one. And obviously, Di Maria is such a kind of a, a an enigmatic figure because there were times he was injured, but there were times in the tournament when he looked over the hill and he looked like he just got the ball, wanted to play it back immediately. But he's a, he really is a big game player. And he, the things he was doing, he was having fun. He was getting his megs in. Um, and, and like Ran had saying, the fact that they're pressing him, um, pushing him up high uh, on the left side was incre- was a very aggressive choice um, and very, very surprising. And one I did not, I think I even said, I was like, this is not advisable. <laughs> like, yeah, this is not. Um, <laughs> when but, was the last time you've seen him play left wing? I've never seen him play left wing. I didn't think he should have been playing on the right wing because I thought they played really well against Croatia without him. And I'm like, why would he get reinserted? I love him. I mean, he's probably my favorite part of Argentina. And there's something about his face which makes him a very sympathetic figure. Like, even non soccer playing. Yeah, he does. The photograph of Kafka is very similar. (laughs) (laughs) The the long, narrow face. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And the eyes, you saw him like weeping. Some, at least yeah, in my feet, they cut to the him weeping. Second half. Yeah, like, and like right when he scored, time. I thought of Marcelo, who's also another likable player. I remember like when Brazil was in the World Cup in 2014. I remember them just cutting to him, and he's just weeping like several times. Like it's just, it's a, it's, it is a beautiful thing. But the thing, all that said, yes, you're one on one with Dembele because of some kind of tactical imbalance that has been created through the movement and through the poor decision making of Griezmann, but. You're one on one against uh, Di Maria on the right, on the right in the box. There's no reason for you to get beaten that badly by that basic chop. Right. And then having been beaten by that chop, there, there was a moment. Well, I get the five, chop, right? Because you think you're thinking this guy's going left, right? He's, yeah, there's he's going no, left. no way he's cutting inside, and he cut inside on you. 
And yeah, he cut inside on you. Yeah. So I'm not thinking he won't cut inside. I mean, Di Maria is a very crafty man. Like he goes for chops and this. I'm just uh, if I'm in that situation, I'm just saying, just stand off. Stand, he's not in a shooting position. Stand just off. Stand yeah. off. Off. Oh, slightly. Just slightly. Yeah. And the thing with the chop is, he's I, trying to cut off a, the cross essentially. And yeah, he's he saying, is. You know, right. No, I'm just yeah. saying yes in that position. Yeah. Like you, there's no need. To, there's no reason for you to be beat three yards totally, by, yeah, a, yeah. by a chop. Um, by yeah. Di Maria, who doesn't have like that explosive pace. It's just anyway. Right. There was a movement 10, 15 minutes, or I forget exactly when earlier in the game, when the ball finished with Di Maria on his right foot, and he absolutely shanked it into the crowd. And I remember yep. I was having a conversation with someone uh, who I was watching the match with. Like, how can a player at this level be so one-footed? Like, I don't yep. understand how you could be playing the game for 25, 30 years at the top level, and you can't even like use. Your your set your second foot, and I was thinking and that was in the seventeenth minute, and that okay. was by the way when Teo made a terrible mistake. Messi picked it up, and that was a clear chance too. He was central, eighteen chance. yards out. Yep. So, so my last thing that I want to say about Dembele is you're in that situation. I understand a natural panic, but it's Di Maria on his right foot, moving away from goal, and there's traffic around. Why are you getting near it? That's man? the mistake. What are yep. you doing? Yeah. Like, wh- it's why? to recover it. Yeah, getting beat on the chop. Is like I understand it. You're not a great one v one defender, and you just thought I'm gonna get in the way of his cross. You took his cross away. Don't don't get back and recover like that. Uh, what do you say? Pretty poor. But what, one other thing I just wanted to say on that on that because like forgot to add that Di Maria he teased this. The Scaloni's brilliance. He teased this in the Mexico match when Acuna wasn't providing good service from the left, and mm-hmm, he was like, mm-hmm. all right. 10 minutes exactly, he just put Di Maria as left mm-hmm. wing, and we were like, yeah. whoa, this is wild. And we thought it said more about Acuna than, than him, but he, <laughs> so he had this on his mind as an option, which is wild, yeah. You know, there, there's something about both Dembele and Di Maria. A, Di Maria, like I said, you know, when we were exchanging those texts, he's done really well in finals. I mean, he, in the, he scored in last year's Copa, he scored in the Olympics final in 2008, and then he scored basically created the penalty and scored um, yesterday. but Don't forget the Champions League final. Well, we're talking yeah. about international. Like, in... where, where, like, Messi yeah. and... I mean, that in, Champions like... League for Madrid, he just was amazing. The he whole, was like, when they won La Decima. He was man of the match when it was with Ronaldo and he played center, time. And he played center midfield. That was... Yeah. The, remember? The, the, the yeah, midfield three. This is against Atletico in 14, you were saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the other thing is he didn't play those three finals where um, Argentina lost. Um, he got injured, I think, in, in midway into the tournament you know, all three times. But coming more closely to this World Cup, what you said about expectations, about you know how we saw these teams setting up and the French midfield, one thing I, I actually thought, and all only came to be true in the final. Is I thought Di Maria would have have to have a good World Cup because I mean in the end he only played the final and the first match where um, um, things didn't work out, but that there needs to be some pressure taken off Messi in attack. There needs to be some other outlet and some other um, means through which Argentina look potent. I thought that would be a much bigger factor. It didn't turn out to be except in the final. I mean, which I mean Messi was still quite effective, but. Um, it, it's really, so, yeah. really, I mean, effective in whatever, I mean, in a certain way. But the thing is, the the other, in this Argentina setup, 
La Celsa was injured, Paredes was sort of dropped, and Lataro was having a disaster of a tournament. Um, but they managed to find three players, right? Enzo, Alvarez, and um, McAllister, who really stepped up. I mean, even though they're so young, and and it, you didn't seem, it, it didn't feel like there was much of a loss in in um, those three major players in the last three years coming out. But and the other person I thought, you know, who would have a bad tournament and who would be really shaky was Otamendi, who actually had a great tournament till that really ridiculous thing he did. But I thought he had a pretty good tournament in the first six matches in 70 minutes at least. Um, another another issue with Argentina, which I think we've discussed before in these matches, is that very little coming from the left. Almost nothing coming. I mean, if you look at all their goals, they've come from the right, except for mm-hmm. the Enzo Fernandez, um, you know, the, the really yeah. nice strike. And that was... I don't know if you'd even call that it was coming from the left. I mean, Messi and Messi was on the left yeah. at that point. He passed, exactly. and it was a really good strike. But otherwise, most of their goals have still come from uh, the right. So, was a brave decision, but I thought, I mean, it really worked out. I mean, because I mean, for the first seventy minutes, Di Maria was sort of their best player. I mean, until he came off, and so that, that was brave of Scaloni. But coming back to Dembele. Yeah, sorry, no. One one more thing about Di Maria. I thought tactically, it was very disciplined from him and Taglifico and Taglifico as to how they looked after Dembele. They'd cut off the passing lanes almost completely to him. Yeah, I totally. think it's possible. I I mean, I mean, let, let's see what you guys have to say about this. That I don't I didn't I didn't think that I mean it could have been, but I didn't think Deshaun had just sort of sucked and then and, and said that okay, this guy needs to go out. It was also that when Turam and um, what's the other guy's name, Kolomani, they offered a little Kolomani. more, a, um, maybe a little more defensively, even though I can't really fault Tembele. I mean, okay, he, he made a bit of a mess with the Di Maria thing, but he in, through the tournament, he has sort of um, played as a right back quite often. Well, not exactly as a right back, but he's tracked yeah. back fairly often. But I, I thought that it would give them a little more flexibility with Kolomwani being able to sort of occupy a more central role a little bit. I mean, it wasn't like that's what they were always doing. But with Dembele, I can never see him sort of going into the central role when when Mbappe sort of shifts a little bit and wants to cross something in. So I, I thought that was part of the reason. I don't know if it's actually worked out that way, but I didn't fully think that Deshaun has just thrown a fit and said, okay, this guy needs to come off. I don't want to see him playing. Well, what I, what I meant was, I mean, no, he I had know, him I'm, playing. I'm not saying you're saying that. I'm just saying that I thought that that no, was... No, yeah. And the other yeah. thing, and, and then perhaps we can then like go on to the, 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 the second half and also talk. Theo Hernandez, okay, you guys have sort of um, taken it to him a little bit. But I'm just wondering what you thought of Mbappe's... Um, positioning not i mean forget after what happened 80 minutes you know, he struck the ball four times really well and, uh, and towards the end he was really um bothering them a lot when it came to his play but before that yeah. oh, and and here here's what i'm comparing him to messi is known not to track back very much in the first 60 minutes i thought he it wasn't as prominent as it was in previous games he was doing a, a little more i mean 
maybe now one expects so little. No, a lot him. more. Just straight up a lot more. Okay, so okay, so I wasn't imagining. Yeah. So a lot more, right? No, he no, was no, doing no. a lot more than what he normally does compared to a guy who's 12 years younger than him and I think who sh- needed to do a little more. What did you guys think but of the I, entire situation there? Can I, so this is the thing. I think what Dishamp did something, this is another great part of the whole World Cup, which kind of bit them in the backside this time, which is the shift from def- defending shape to attacking shape. We talked about it in most yeah. sort of, the, the wildest form was the Netherlands, you know, five, uh, the five three two turns into a four three three and blah blah blah. Here he he was very con, uh, explicit in wanting that old four four two that got them so far in the last World Cup. Granted, it was a totally different midfield: uh, Pogba, Matuidi, and Conte. And yeah. you had Mbappe starting from deeper in that context. Griezmann playing higher up, right? Um, Griezmann drew, and then Mbappe making these long runs. In this context, he kept wanting to get into that 4-4-2 shape, which meant Dembele was being just playing as an outside midfielder. That yeah. isn't something Kolomani could do. And once they went down, and you're right, I think, to this point, that it was a tactical shift completely to be like, you know what, screw it. We're not going to have an outside mid- midfielder anymore, outside right midfielder. We're going to just play with a forward. And Kolomani was, and especially thinking back to the Netherlands, like everyone watching the game did what worked athleticism Kolomani came yeah. in he won all of the aerial balls 80 percent of the aerial aerial balls I think six or seven of them um yeah. so it was in that sense it was di- he could have had direct. a few more goals he could have had a few goals yes he should have finished that one with Amy Martinez but Ian Wright was making that point and you go back like a little more composure you could have just passed yeah. it on his right but in any case so it, it was with Mbappe I thought his movement was really good and this is I think he's been really disrespected with this in general, that idea that he doesn't track back. First off, because I think he direct, tracks back uh, like plenty. Also, why would you want your biggest threat who takes two defenders with him to drop back and bring those two in, into the attack, essentially, when the other team has the ball, right? I, you want Mbappe high because is, you can release him. Let me just um, say, because yeah. let me just interrupt you because... I, I, it's the same thing with Barcelona, right? I mean, Rafinha is not at the level of Mbappe, but you have Dembele and Rafinha for Barcelona, and at least at the beginning, before Ferran seemed to kind of win the job, they're staying high and wide. And in order for that yeah. to work, you need a really ball-retaining midfield. I mean, it's just simple. Um, whereas France did not have that at all. Mm. I mean, really, throughout the tournament against even even when Griezmann was playing really well, it still wasn't the team that was going to string 40 passes together. and It still wasn't that set up at all. So this was the first time when it just didn't work to have two really exciting high and wide wingers. And I thought Dembele was an easy scapegoat because I thought he had really a bad a bad string of matches, um, a, a couple that I'd seen in the tournament. I don't think he hit like his peak form in the in the France, I mean in the England game, um, or or the Morocco or or this game. And he was bad. So he's a, he becomes a scapegoat, but he's clearly, like you're saying, he's not meant to just be this right midfield. Yeah. And that's where the loss... That's the thing. Of, but that's yeah. where the loss... It, it goes yeah. kind of slightly... But like, as you were just saying... So, let me just have these high... Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, God. I, I, will I was going to say, now. to go to exactly <laughs> the point you just had, right? The, the high and wide wingers. 
and yeah. they don't work if you don't have the ball. In this case, if you insist on being four four two in the in your defensive shape, yeah. and, and you just let the other team have the ball the whole time, yeah. then you don't have two high and wide wiggers. You have yeah, play, exactly. And you have like a right midfielder who suddenly is like, <laughs> go make a forty yard run and get an attacking position. Yeah, yeah. And Seriously. by the time he gets there, see, they see, lose see, the with, ball. With, with Mbappe, passes it away. The only thing with Mbappe is. This is not a moral point that you know if you're younger, run more. Like it's 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 it's. I mean, well, that could work. But you mentioned Barcelona. <laughs> Mark. It's 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 more that you can't have two players with Messi in Barcelona the last year or two, the last eighteen months. I feel you. What you had is one guy not working, but they also have Suarez. So there are two people who are out, right? And yeah. I think. You can't have that in a match. You can have one person if he really pulls above his weight like Messi does. And But I don't know if it ever works with two. In Barcelona for a while, when Griezmann, even though he didn't have a great time in Barcelona, he didn't play like Suarez did all, always. Like, you know, he used to track back yeah. a lot. He's not a very effective person. But you can't have two players in any match, especially these caliber matches, agree. to be out of the defensive structure completely. And that's what I, I agree with what you're saying, Rehan, that why would you want your best player doing um, the yeah. work that, you know. But, so who's the second one for you here? It's Giroud, Giroud right? Giroud, that they have yeah. him and Giroud are out of the structure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're, you're right that that was the problem because exactly the issue was that Giroud was trying to track back and doing a really bad job of it. Well, and that's right. where that goal come from, comes from. So I, yeah. I, I'm curious what you think, but I think even though something could be said for what he's trying, and I thought Kolomani came on and played actually quite well, but yeah, I thought that was a disrespectful. So, so I thought it was a disrespectful substitution. I, I don't. I, I didn't. I don't. Yeah, for both for both of them, but Giroud in particular. You, I, the man has done everything for this team. I don't think he played poorly. At all, and I don't see like Marcus Turam at all as some kind of some kind of galvanizing figure, even though he played all right. I mean, he doesn't strike. I, I don't know. I don't see the urgency to put him on before half time. That's the all. thing. Okay, exactly. Let me just ask you guys on this on this exact note. Do you feel yeah. Deshaw sort of okay said okay? I wasn't expecting X or Y, maybe Di Maria playing left, or the performance being as sluggish as it was, and hence I'm changing things, or is it that, okay, I did have something in mind in the last couple of days. I haven't put it into effect because of X, Y reason. Maybe I don't want to sort of rock the boat rock too much, but place. now I'm desperate. It's 2-0 <laughs> and there are 15 minutes left. Let me do something. Is this something that, basically what I'm asking is, it was it purely contingent that, okay, this is mm. not working out. I need to do something dramatic. Or is it that, okay, I had a game plan in mind, which I thought may work better. And now I'm going to... Now I'm brave enough to actually put it into action because now if I don't, I'm out of the World Cup anyway. I mean, I'm going to lose the match. What did you... I mean, I know this is like... But this is not exactly as psychoanalytical as I'm making it out. I mean, this is more... Did you feel it was a desperate strategy? I didn't think... I thought there was... I understand your question. (laughs) I think there's one thing that's different too. Unlike normally, taking someone out in the 40th minute is even more disrespectful in almost any setting before this World Cup. But because of that, you know, five extra minutes of extra time came. You really had 10 minutes. Maybe that's a little, makes it a little different that I know I have 10 no. minutes to work with. But I also think that it's, yeah, it was, 
I think it's Deschamps being kind of excessive. You should be able to manage this set of players to move them around for five minutes into a different thing. Seriously. Uh, if you want something different before halftime. Uh, and you also are giving them another look. Like, if you make those substitutions at halftime and you come out with that, then Argentina doesn't have they, – they have to – they can't predict what you're exactly going to do. Whereas you do it before the half, then it's like, oh – Scaloni goes in and he has a, something to draw up a game plan for. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, to your point, Ashwin, I mean, it's like, I know, like, I thought you were going to start talking about your childhood there. You're, <laughs> you're, you're a few seconds away, but, but, but I'm surprised Just that Sean, the last two days, you know? <laughs> <laughs> very surface level here. <laughs> like, Taram, I just, I'm very surprised he's gotten in on the pecking order above Kingsley Coman. I haven't seen it. I I, I don't understand. There's not one match in which I've seen it. I've seen Tehran play. Can you see the reason? Yeah, I see the reason. But did you see what what Kingsley Coman did? Okay, he missed his penalty. Did you see what he did when he came on? He was completely wonderful. Yeah, he completely changed the game. It doesn't matter what side he plays on. For for Bayern, he plays on either side because he can beat his. What I I thought it was a moment decision because he played well when he came on against Morocco, so it was more. uh... Like you know, that's but you guys don't thing. think you don't think like what you, I thought the reason was because these guys are both six foot and can jump and are strong, and like it was literally a physicality thing. Like thinking about the Netherlands, like um, push. There's the only tactical bit about Turam is that yeah, you'd push Mbappe in, but you get the same thing for Coman. But I thought it was yeah. just like let's lump it up now, like we did before. <laughs> but unlike yeah, with Giroud, we'll get to the first ball. It, it was, and that's that's the interesting thing because coming the fr- the lack of French depth actually was kind of interesting as the tournament went on because I thought clearly what was happening the substitution to me if there was a like if I'm imagining myself as a French manager in an abstract way more abstract than me not being the manager like I, I'm what I'm trying to say is I would want a third central midfielder I would want to put someone on but Fafana isn't at the appropriate level. Um, or at least Deschamps yeah. doesn't think he is. So I would have yeah. been thinking in my mind, get Griezmann off the field. He's not doing anything on yeah. either side of the ball. He doesn't look like he's going to score. Yeah. He's not providing well, anything. Well, brings Kamavinga on. Yeah, brings Kamavinga on. So if That's he doesn't, back, he doesn't. Yeah, but he brought him on in, yeah. in a strange. And and there were I I was on, I mean I wasn't staying that up to date on the Kamavinga situation. I was under the impression that he was injured. But if he's being left out of this team. Or, not, or only be considering, being considered as a late-minute substitution behind someone like Fofana just on merit alone, it's another one of these odd Deschamps things. I don't see how Fofana, unless there's something I don't understand. I mean, no disrespect to Fofana, but Kamavinga just came in the Champions League. In a game where you're chasing something. Because like Fofana is, I can see why you say, oh, this is more of like a defender. Is a yeah, he's not a bad bit, player. But, but Kamavinga would be a perfect person to, yeah. to bring on, but... The lack of French, with I mean, losing Conte, losing uh, Benzema, and losing Pogba, all of a sudden you're in quite quite a riddle. Whereas we went into the game, into the tournament, really, Ashwin, you were kind of saying in a slightly you know joking manner, it's like Messi plus ten, you know. And at the end of the France game, it really felt like Mbappe plus ten, mm-hmm. like much yeah. more than Messi. Messi was much more part of a. I mean, the second yeah. Argentinian goal. For me, is goal of the tournament. I, that was the most beautiful team goal. I, I've, I mean, it was unbelievable. Maybe Neymar's goal, it, it was more spectacular in a certain way, but 
the, 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 that was right off of a training pitch. The only thing not off the training pitch was Messi taking two touches out of the air. I don't know if anyone in yeah. the world could do that besides Messi. But that there was no – when Mbappe well, – I felt a lot of sympathy for Mbappe, and I really elevated my opinion of him during this match was because every time he was kind of seeking to combine, except for the last goal, yeah. which, which Rabiot underhit – under hit that ball by about 30 yards i think he completely <laughs> yep, duffed that exactly. ball and Mbappe's like what the hell do i do with this thing yeah. like, it's at my yep. head. and he still is able to improvise a one-two and, and and we don't i'm jumping forward chronologically but every time even at the beginning I, mbappe just felt like isolated in a way he's like well i could either try to beat this man and run 50 yards with the ball or i can try to play some kind of one-two but there wasn't really anyone anywhere approaching his level where messi was surrounded by people who wanted the ball the entire match. It was not what I expected. But you know, just a yeah. quick thing, just a quick thing about, I mean, I don't think Messi and Mbappe can be compared, but well, whatever, in this match, um, <laughs> that is the bill. It kind of begs it. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is that look at the number of times that Messi comes back, right, when he's not getting the ball. He comes back and then starts creating from midfield. Mm. How many players do you see doing that? I mean, that's that's a... I'm not saying Mbappe is supposed to. I mean, he may not have the skills for that. He may not have the vision for that. I don't know. I mean, I've not seen it, but maybe he'll develop it over time. But the only thing is tracking back. I just don't mean, okay, helping out the defense. I also mean that get involved in the play when your passing lanes have been cut off. I mean, show something more, right? If if um, you are supposed well, I thought to... his movement in the first, especially in that first 30 minutes, I thought his movement was very good. Like what, what I was saying, when he moved infield, and made a second run. There was two different occasions where he's moving in field, and this is very explicitly a tactical thing. Teo has to wait for that trigger, and then Teo gets high into left wing. And then Mbappe checked both times in the midfield. They just didn't find that ball in. One time, Upamecano made the perfect pass out to Teo Hernandez because when uh, Mbappe checked back into the attacking mid, the 10 spot after checking high, two Argentina defenders mm-hmm. went with him. And mm-hmm. it was like, and th- that was another smart part of the the Scaloni uh, game plan that Molina did anytime Mbappe checked Molina went right with him as close yeah. and tight as Kyle Walker was except here um, Rodrigo de Paul dropped in immediately you know, the connection between those two was wild uh, so I thought his movement was really good and the difference I think is in skill set especially old Messi now he's since he can't consistently sprint past people the way he used to right. um and whereas Mbappe, when he's dropped for PSG in the past, it's kind of annoyed me because yeah, exactly. much like Neymar in, in his prime, players with that sort of athleticism and pace, you get them dropped in like younger Messi, 2010 Messi. When he drops into the midfield too far, you lose an aspect of your final third efficiency because it's like you take yourself out of the game. It's, it's not um, that it's not for me. It's not. I see what you're saying, Ashwin, completely. But for me, it's like Mbappe needs to be. He needs to be high. It's a sign of frustration if he's picking up the ball anywhere off of a center defender, even like a, a, the central midfielder, if he's just dropping into that space. It's not that he can't do it. It's just it, it's it's sure. he he it, it's just not where he can. It, it's not um, where he's at his optimum. The thing is, but didn't you? That's what Robbie. But let me just say. Let me say. Let me say. It's that's what Rabio should be doing. He has yeah. Chalmini completely. Chalmini is doing the job of him and Rabio. Because Chalmini is doing all the defensive work, but he's also the only one who's finding a pass yeah. that's breaking mm-hmm. a line. 
Rabio is what is Rabio doing? I mean, Rabio has done things throughout the tournament where quick defense. How he was sick no this past oh, week, on. and he missed a game. He, you know, yeah, he uh, was so what? They, they, oh, they, me and my oh, friend oh, were watching this. Yeah, the, the commentator is saying he came off after what hundred minutes, and they're citing illness. Who can play a hundred yeah. minutes in a World Cup final? It was and all of a sudden, oh, it wasn't seventy. Okay, yeah, and then it's. You know, I mean, no, no, he certain... missed the last one because of illness too. So I know he did. I yeah. know he did. I'm not trying to. I'm just this, the hounds have been unleashed within me against right. Rabia. You're not going to get off with a with a 98, <laughs> 99 degree fever. No, he, he played. But, he, he played till 97 minutes. Yeah, it wasn't that. 97. Early. Oh, so what I'm trying to say is yeah. the man in in a setup as good as France in a country as prolific in producing players as France. You need your yeah. central midfielder. If your number 10 is going to be a Griezmann who's been a center forward for his entire life or just playing right off the center forward and the other midfielder right. is a strictly – how old is Chami? Is he 20? 22. Is he 19? 20. 22? Yeah. yeah, 20 or so. Okay. 22. You, yeah. you need the other central midfielder to be doing exactly what Ashwin's asking for. To If the passing lanes aren't there, to create yeah. a different angle in which right. to get it. it should, it's not that hard. This Argentinian team is not that hard. To, to to play against as France made them yeah. seem to be, I mean, right, right. really, they're like. But but to your point, Rodrigo de Paul on the right midfield is um very good. That's a nightmare. That's yeah. a nightmare. That, if you're, if you're, you're totally to get... right. That space yeah. was there, and the reason it was there to the the Mbappe Mbappe was high on that left, and so that space between they were giving him that a lot more attention than it looked like. Not as much as England, but like that space was there and. And I, at one point, I wrote down like he was where uh, Rabio was just confused. He looked over both shoulders, mm-hmm. and there were two times where he followed a defender across the other across Chomeni onto the right side, and he completely ignored the fact that he'd left Messi and Molina on the left. Yeah, and so Mbappe actually one of those two times dropped in. So he's Rabio had a really poor match too, which is a good point you make. That both he and Griezmann were really bad. Chomeni, sadly, like you said, he actually played really well as a holding mid, doing the job of everyone. And and especially in terms of the long passing, Chomeni was two players actually, Chomeni and Upamecano, who had a great match after yeah, a few he bad ones. He had a great match. And in terms of passing, it was like incredible. Like the from the that stat about mid range passing, he, he hit almost every single one of them and took more than anyone in the match. Um, uh, and in terms of switching it right to left, that's what you need from a ball yeah, playing center really. back. But um, again, bad performances from Teo, Rabio, Griezmann really hamstrung them. Okay, this is the first half, and I don't know if you guys had more to say about it. But did you feel that the substitutions made us? I mean, obviously they were a little better than they were, but in the end, I think there were. Two real defensive lapses, um, which the second one to a slightly lesser extent, because that's the one time that Molina didn't track back and gave Mbappe a free shot, even though he had a lot to do um, uh, in the second goal. That first one was really disappointing, though. The Otamendi, he could have cleared it. He's trying, I mean, overconfidence, <laughs> lack of focus. He could have cleared it, and he's trying to control it. And, you know, that's the type of thing that you do when you're playing a lesser team and, and lesser players, that was really disappointing to get them back into the match like that. That was, but did you feel that those substitutions 
sort of had the impact that Deshaun would have Deshaun was hoping for, or was it a lot to do with? At least in my mind, is a lot to do with like Argentina letting them in once again. Obviously, France played better, but it should have still been closed out with ease mm-hmm. in the end. I mean, if it were, I mean, I know they've fucked up before in, in against Netherlands, but. It didn't need to happen. I mean, that's, I don't think France forced the moment that much where this was on the cards at all. But maybe you guys have a different opinion. Um, I, 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 I'm, it's interesting because watching this Argentina team, they've won the World Cup. It doesn't matter if there are weaknesses at this point. They've already achieved right. what they've set out to achieve. It doesn't matter. But watching them, I'm thinking... All the team needs to do to beat this team is go at them. Go at them. Unless they're – we saw it with Saudi Arabia, and not a single team that they played after Saudi Arabia replicated the model. Except Mexico did to a certain extent, and I thought Mexico basically had an even even match with them and basically just Messi's class in the end, in the end took it, and then Enzo mm-hmm. as well. But it was a very, very – Mexico gave a better performance than France did for the first 70 minutes by far. Both of those teams played five at the back. Yeah, okay. So, but they, what I'm talking about is the energy that they're putting in terms of how much time does an Argentinian player have on the ball? Mm-hmm. Let's say, you know, uh, um, anywhere, in where the, anywhere in the midfield when it's being contested. And that's not France's style. I'm not saying France should have adjusted their style, but yeah. France is playing as a team where there, there's lots of midfielders on, on the field, like you're saying. They have they have Di Maria and Messi who are both extremely comfortable on, on the ball, and then they have three essentials, essentially central midfielders there. That's a team, and they have, you know, uh, uh, whatever. That's enough said for that. They have a team that's going to want to keep the ball and going to be able to keep the ball. So I'm not, it's hard to see if it was just a sluggish French performance or if it was just tactically how they were set up to do and then they didn't look particularly good on 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 the counter in ways that they were able to look mm. against because like you're saying Dembele got penned back and didn't have a good game Griezmann didn't have a good game Mbappe is the only one that had a good game uh Giroud wasn't able to link up play because he was taken off the field before he was able to link up play it didn't make any sense to me so it's in other words what the substitutions did in the end and just the the sense of panic that it was ticking away from them because I, I was watching with my friend, and I was thinking on a, on a, on just like an aesthetic level, wow, what a, what a kind of a letdown of a performance from France. You know, sixty-five minutes in, I'm like, geez, this is—they've done nothing. They've done absolutely. This is such. I can't believe they're really going to give it to Messi that he's not going to have to sweat for this, and we're not going to have to see him really overcome his demons in in the same kind of way. And then once they started amping up the pressure in which like you're saying it, it was a mistake from Odamendi that kind of opened the floodgates but it's almost always a mistake in a final or something of this level it, it's almost always yeah. something like that that opens it and then we saw wow this argentinian team is very very frail and panics when that's the situation i think that's what we saw for the rest of the match and we saw that for a, a fair bit uh of the uh, extra period as well. So I think the substitutions did that in that they put big guys on that were fast. It's just disappointing to see from a French perspective that, that, that that's all that's, that is there. Um, if, if you understand what I'm saying, I, I'm yeah, really they, surprised. I, I mean, I, I, to your point about the approach, it became, um, they never tried to, to build out of the back with 
Loris uh, yeah. when they could have. Not never, but they could have. Loris had way more long passes than than you would have uh, expected was necessary. And yeah. the thing is, they were winning the first ball some of those times. Yeah. And the difference between Kolomoani versus Giroud is just that that first ball, it, he, he's, it was more mobile where you played it. And yeah. you, could, you could play it wide, he would win it. Toram won a few. Um, but there was that will to be direct. And it, in the end, just like with with Netherlands here, you don't have someone like Wout Weghorst um, or Luke de Jong to definitively win the first ball. But because you know that you're going to cause trouble with that and chaos, that second ball is going to be there and you have athletic players around, um, that eventually it was going to be a mistake. It was going to be a free kick or something. Um, and... And I thought that's where, even though I thought Deschamps subs were, um, you know, not a good move at that time and in that way, I don't think that stretched it. Like Kolomani's athleticism as well as Chiram's, it stretched it in a way that it wasn't just, you know, Dembele, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mbappe as the athletic yeah. person you have to What's worry about. What's going on there? I feel like you keep wanting to, you keep wanting They're to together. Dembele, They're twins. Mbappe. They're twins. Yeah. You're still I, holding Dembele at that level, which unfortunately, you know, he got substituted in the 40th minute. He is you know, it's not, very much unfortunately, he's not, unfortunately. He very, very much at that level. There's a reason. I agree. He that, could be yeah. on the training pitch. He very well might be. For Barcelona, he is. Since January 1 of... <laughs> Not only did he lead in like explicit statistics in terms of lead, you know, the leader in assists in Barcelona or something, Dembele is has been world class for them since January one nice. essentially. Um, yes. But go, go not me. so much for France when it matters. I wanted to um, ask you. I mean, I've been really impressed with Scaloni in the last four years. I've really liked him. I mean, the thing is, he's managed. Forget what he, I mean, apart from what he did in this World Cup where he was the most willing to change things around based on the strengths of the opposition, which I think worked out very well mostly. Come the, and then the other thing that I think he's managed to instill in the last four years, which was helped by Messi taking a break after 18, 2018 for about six months and then him getting banned after the 2019 Copa. So there were a fair number of games, at least about seven or eight, where they had to sort of play without him and form a, a type of team spirit without Messi. And then when he comes back, he's just a, he's still central, he's still crucial. And I think that as this World Cup came closer, the old Messi dependence returned in a way. But I think that's what really changed over the last four years and in a lot of ways, apart from the personnel. But I was just wondering because it, when, when I was watching the match, I mean, come the 80th minute and they started to screw up 2 1, 2 2. I thought I was a little surprised that they didn't bring on Lissandro at all. And mm. I thought he'd bring on Paredes a little earlier. I mean, he did eventually in about the 100th minute or something like that. I, I thought those two substitutions were yep. begging to happen early. And I was wondering because Scaloni, the one thing that he has done in this World Cup is he's proactive. Not just in his setup, right. but even uh, midway yeah. into the game, he does try things like you, Brian, mentioned. He tried playing Di Maria on the left between a game for a little while. And even against Netherlands, I mean, you know, he brought on Lissandro early. So I, I don't know. Was there something? Yeah, yeah. Did you guys sense that you were expecting that I think move the, too? I think the Acuna sub was a mistake. You don't need two left backs at that time. It just invites more pressure. 
um, and it's not a full measure. Either bring bring in someone like you said, Paredes in the midfield. Eventually, when he brought in Paredes, I mean, he, what is he going to do? Help with ball retention? He didn't. I think he was sixteen for sixteen passing. Eventually, he just didn't put a foot wrong, except for you know when he's going to go nuts and kick someone, uh, which you expect with these guys. Or but with like, the penalty, they nearly or, put a major yeah. foot wrong. <laughs> no, Montiel's Montiel's arm it hit. Um, no, no, no. I'm talking about his actual penalty. His actual penalty. Paredes oh, takes yeah. the same penalty every time, yeah, yeah, but it's very yeah. good, though. Left and yeah. hits it really hard. Yeah. <laughs> another, another nice redemption arc, Montiel scoring the winning penalty after giving yeah, up the, the penalty. Um, but yeah, anyway, I think Paredes was, was a good shout for like a, the type of substitution. And I totally agree. The other one should have been Lissandro in terms of it, bringing on a defender is not the same as bringing on Lissandro Martinez. It's just mm-hmm. a steadying. He's, he's essentially going to play as another holding mid and he's right. going to help you in possession. Whereas Acuna, that one fantastic Travella pass, notwithstanding, yeah. he it's just kind of, he messes up your shape because you can't fit in another left back. Yeah. So, and his, you have him as left wing, it's not useful. So what does he do? He literally inviting pressure by dropping deep and sort of letting the opponent opposing team like you let let Conde off the hook, hook completely at that point yeah uh, who was not looking up for it at all I like him yeah but he was yeah if you if you didn't know him before the match you'd be thinking yeah. that the right back on France is their major weakness to be fair he's not a right back <laughs> yeah he is not a right back yeah. but still yeah. I've seen him play in that role very competently yeah yeah I don't know if you guys are ready to talk about Mbappe and Messi more specifically, but I don't like that. I don't particularly like Mbappe, but scoring three penalties. I love Mbappe. I have three so penalties. This is one of those a, people that match. gets disrespected. Yeah. I mean, that is impressive. I mean, really impressive. Three penalties. And also, come on, forget the penalties. You could give me zero penalties. That one, two, the header, and yeah. then from the right, from your right side on your right yeah. foot. It is such difficult technique to get that right. He didn't miss a beat. It was. I've only seen. On I've only goal. seen the second. Goal? I've only seen. Yeah, yeah I've only the seen volley. Thierry. Yeah. Thierry Henry is right. the only other person. I mean, those comparisons are always there, but in terms of that yeah. specific goal, that technique is something I used to see Henry do all the time. I'm like, well, how do you even do that technique? You open your hips and yeah. you fall, open, and yep. you drill it exactly. into the opposite corner with no spin. It's a ridiculous yeah. technique. Yep. So you have to set it up, but like the step. So as he heads the ball, his next two steps, it, yeah. it's like a hurdler who's counting steps in between hurdles. Oh, you say, wow, six steps between hurdles. You really planned this whole 400 meters out. Um, <laughs> it, it's two long steps. The second long step is just perfect technique. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, and I like the, the composure on that guy. The whole, I mean, I thought his movement was fantastic throughout the game. Um, it's just eh, like the composure for someone who gets double team the whole game to just okay. just chill okay. the whole time he never panics um yeah i know, I know, I know this is throwing cold water on it i mean a very very extraordinary technique i agree completely you think martinez could have done a little better i mean even with the netherlands goal i thought he could have done a little better both times um he got a, oh, emmy I, I mean, thought you were yeah, going to yeah. talk about Lautaro for a second. No, no, no. He Emmy. definitely could have done better. <laughs> Lautaro, <laughs> well, he had a Higuain like World Cup, but <laughs> Higuain Ugh. final because Higuain was great in all the matches yeah. before the final. It's just the final he sort of used to mess up big time. But I thought Emmy could have done a little better with those. I mean, not that that takes away anything from the strike and the technique, which is impossible. Oh, you're talking about the volley? 
the wall here. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It looks like it is because it's close to him, but that right. thing was a missile. Okay. Yeah, also, yeah. it was taken at such an odd moment because who else even takes the ball? Like, yeah, not repairing. He's not like setting his feet. Like, okay, he's gonna slide and take this out of the air because he could have taken it down. Anyone else takes that down? Why Anyone would he not else take it down? It down? Right. I thought. I just thought Mbappe, you know, if, we, if we're just talking about him, I thought he was on a completely different level from really almost anything I've seen. Like in the in that in the last, let's say, forty minutes of the match or forty-five minutes of the match, he was unplayable to the to the point where he in in let's what was it the hundred twentieth minute yeah. where he beats two players. If he'd taken that shot, the World Cup was over. <laughs> he didn't take no, the it was shot. No, like he couldn't. It was like it was like the game is in slow motion around. Yeah. The game is absolutely in slow motion around him. And it reminded me, the guy who I was watching it with was telling me, uh, he was like, man, that almost reminded me of that famous Ibra goal where he scored on Ajax, where he just where he cuts like past four people and scores. And it's That's just, a good shout, Ibra. It is. Yeah. He just, and Ibra was there. He was watching. Yeah. I'm not sure what he thought. I'm sure he maybe wanted the opposite result. But but anyway, like the, 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 that Mbappe has that technical ability, but also can just slow things down to that level where it's almost just like, okay, just get out of my way. It's like what Alfonso Davies was doing too. It was like almost like the defender. It's it's like it's they're redundant. They're just get out of the way. Like I'm going to if you go that way, I'm going to go the opposite way. There's no way in which you can stop me. And in a tight space or in an open field, and Mbappe's yeah. finishing was just incredible. To take yeah. to take three penalties, Ashram. To your point, I mean, Kane was let off the hook by yeah, me included. Extraordinary. Because I mean. look, I'm like, how can you make two penalties in a row? I'm not saying you can't, but I wouldn't put it as more than fifty percent, even for yeah. the best penalty taker in the world. Because right. how can you do it? It's such a mind game, and in addition to the, all the pressure that most people can't handle, and he and was so the, composed. The the pace with which he hit all three. I mean, yeah. Martinez dived twice and got a hand yep. twice, but just hit too hard. You know, you can't do anything about that. It's because his technique is perfect. perfect. Like the top spin that he gets. Also, on the ball is when perfect. he had, when he he took the ball, and you're talking about slow motion. That one time where he took took takes the ball on the left wing, notices two, slows down, just kind of draws another defender, plays that ball into Kolomani. Who just yeah. mistimed his jump? There's no yeah, reason. Yeah. Jump. Like, because that should there was been. no. That's what I thought too. I'm like, how did this man? How did he miss he that? his jump completely. It's like as if you're jumping against someone who isn't an Argentinian. Right. But even you then, know who wouldn't have, have mistimed yeah. that jump? Yeah. Olivier yep. But the question is, would he have gotten there in time? Like, <laughs> yes, he would have. You're playing on the break there, but yeah, I think I think it was really unwise to get. Drew out of the game for this reason. Late in the game, you know he's going to get crosses. I don't know and, why. And you do know who would have claimed that goal had it gone in. Right? <laughs> <laughs> or Cristiano. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's. Yeah, I'm interested because Ryan, you're making the the Chris the young Cristiano in that little document. The the comparison between the young Cristiano and the Mbappe. I'm not saying that, yeah. that you're equating it, but you're just opening the, the comparison. And I think with Mbappe, there's more of a languid, there's more of a, there's more of a creativity and there's more of a languidness to his mm. play where it's just like he's in traffic. It was almost, it's what we saw out of Musiala, which really impressed me. He was in like really tight spaces. And it like didn't, a fluidity, not, you mean? Yes, it's well, not, not only a matter of psychological, yeah. like he's not panicking. It's just that yeah. he's somehow able to get through the space without resorting to scissors 
or Cruyffs or doing anything. He just can contort his body in ways that yeah. where it just seems like he's seeing it at a, at a much faster level where, where it's, um, or, or it's slower for him. He's, he's the one that's able to, to continue to take pictures of what's happening where everyone else is just flailing their limbs around. Yeah. And that's why I didn't quite realize that Mbappe had, I was impressed psychologically that he was able to carry his team to that extent. Cause even though Ronaldo won the Euro with Portugal, he was never like granted that was slightly at the end of his career, but he was never able to just do that. Like just give me the ball and, and everyone else get out of the way. And I'm going to take us up the field and I'm going to score. Well, to but it's fair, also Mbappe is playing in a better team than Cristiano was in 16. Right. Well, not this time around. Like, no, no I wouldn't say day, that at all. No, I wouldn't say not that. today. Yeah. In twenty, yeah, but who's he playing with at the end of the game? Marcus Turam, Colomani, uh, Rabio, and 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 Chalmini? I mean, it's not necessarily someone. It's not necessarily that. That was my thing. Like, uh, it's not France. It was a bizarre. It's not. It's right. the jersey aside. That's all of a sudden a very mediocre team. Which I thought you realize when you take out because Dembele and Giroud are still big name players, but when you take them out and you put in Marcus Turam and Colomani, right, uh, right. it's a it's a bizarre. It's a and when you're putting on a third midfield and it's Fofana, again these aren't the Pogba's and Kantes of, of of a stature. But but for for Mbappe, the fact that he wanted, <laughs> I mean the fact that he the fact that he took the, all those penalties is is says something about his psyche. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy is 23 years old. It's it's ridiculous i didn't realize the level to which because if he's at this level then now i understand a bit of his frustration being on the team with neymar and messi and just being like no i take the penalties <laughs> because look what he can do you know it's it has to be i, I i'm sort of seeing his because i agree like there are certain elements of his personality that i really didn't like earlier in the tournament i mentioned before but we, he tried to meg someone in a in the australia match that was really distasteful i love megs more than anyone but it was really distasteful <laughs> The way he did it, he was really like it wasn't just if it happens naturally, it's beautiful. It happens, but he really there were already up three goals, and he was trying to like set the guy up in order to make him. It was I it was to in order because to because I can sort of thing. It was it was just like so and just like in the show buddy, it didn't seem like organic to his being. It felt like um, a complete ego display. Whereas like with Ronaldinho or even like Neymar, who's a complete egomaniac, and when he gets in that mode, it still felt like more organic to the way in which. Um, they're playing whereas Mbappe that like, bothers true me. to the art of the Meg kind of whereas I think it was more because of the yeah. way he set it up I think it's fine no to do yeah email. of course it it's like fine to do a, a Meg yeah, yeah. you know but it's yeah. not like it's like someone it's like you know it's like someone playing against someone that they're worse than them much worse than them it's like I'll Meg yeah. someone at this age it's more me who's getting Megged but if, if when I used to be able to play I'll Meg someone yeah. who's who's notably worse than me if the Meg is there but it's another right, thing to right, like yeah. be like, all right, everyone clear out. I'm gonna yeah, take exactly, this guy, right, I'm gonna right, make right. him. It's like, okay, man, yeah. good for you. You're playing against someone who's playing in the Australian first league. You know, he's just yeah. like it's not um um so that that all of that said, I thought Mbappe, like what um to just end the tirade, I thought he really kind of won me over in the way he composed himself and carried himself mm-hmm, in the last same. forty minutes. Um it was it was unbelievable. I don't think I've seen anything like it, and I don't think that's something that I saw from Cristiano either. Yeah, Just, I, go ahead. No, no, yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, what I was saying there is that I, I do think that he, although there's a lot of similarities, um, it, young Cristiano was was fantastic, but it was a little more machinic with his, it is. Uh, with his, especially once he moved, it, it was fluid when he was at United, when he had no final product, 
and the first few year or two when he was 18, 19. And then he hit the gym and it just became like pure pace and power. And the yeah. scissors were 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 there, part of it, but it was more that uh, they signaled a possible shift in in direction, not really that, oh, he's scissoring right and he makes you think he's going right. That fluidity of movement is what Musiala has and what um, Mbappe has. And it reminds me more of like, it's more of an organic uh, bodily movement. And it's like the Brazilians, like the Brazilian Ronaldo is what he reminds me most of in like that level of pure pace and power and creativity that seems natural to do something that's kind of out there. Um, I don't think he's at that level yet, though. Um, but he's still 23, so it's scary to think if he polishes a couple of things in the next year or two. Um, there are two or three. Up, it can look like. I mean, there are two or three things that one is sort of looking to see whether those parts of his games develop, especially since he's been compared to Messi and Ronaldo, which is always going to be an unfair comparison for anyone, but. I mean, maybe he will reach. And like you, I think you wrote, right, that Ronaldo seems his ceiling. It's a passing vision, which I don't even think Ronaldo has. So that may be something that I don't know if you can actually develop that. Second is, I wonder how much his long-range shot ability, which is pretty ordinary right now. He doesn't really, that's not his thing. He doesn't really take on shots from long range yet it's also something it's he rarely tries free kicks and even when he does they're not particularly impressive and i'm just comparing them to you know what we saw with messi and ronaldo from a fairly young age also how ambidextrous he becomes i mean he is primarily a right-footed i mean he may have the odd left-footed goal here and there but it's very clear and obviously messi prefers his left foot and ronaldo prefers his right as well but you you can see they're fairly good with the other foot as well. I mean, Messi and Ronaldo, even from an early age, not as good as their preferred feet, foot, but... Um, I don't know uh, about Messi. I, well, with, Messi. You know, some of the right... I mean, you know, yeah. if, I mean, if you see... Some I don't know. He's a very left-footed player. No, he's a very left-footed player. But what I'm saying yeah. is that some of the goals that he scored with his right foot, um, they're from a distance. You wouldn't imagine... They always, I mean, that, that's what's impressive for a person who is, is so in the imaginary, so singularly left-footed. It's surprising how many pretty impressive right-footed goals he's actually scored. He's not scored much with his head. That That's something that never comes through even in the highlight reels. But I'm wondering how... That said, yeah. that said Ashwin, mm-hmm. the little pirouette that I don't remember Messi doing that as much when he was younger, but it's now, I now see him do it like three times a match where he just, he's going left. He decides that he wants to go right and he yep. creates for himself and, he, and he, he's both shielding and pirouetting. There's the jab step and then cut the other way. It's just right? kind of the fact that he is now changing directions and beating a defender by two yards and only using his left foot to do that doesn't mean that he's yeah. a one footed player exclusively. It doesn't contradict you, but who, who does that? How can he yeah. do that? How can he go? How can he be passing left? And then if he sees something, also be able to go yeah. right and create space only using one foot. Yeah, Who else that's... does this? What is this? Like, uh, yeah. what is happening? I've never seen anyone do that. I mean, maybe like Iniesta that, has like rolled Another thing, like actually, that. yeah, this is something I, I noted while I was watching this one, that Messi on the half turn, especially now because on the on the half turn, kind of looking to shield first, unlike younger Messi, it, it is a marked difference whether he's going to receive it on his left foot or his right foot. And if he lets it onto his right, 
he turns, he does a half turn back first almost every time. Whereas if he gets it on his first, on his left, he'll take the first touch forward. And defending that, you know that that's happening every time. So everyone is trying to show him onto his right foot and it just never works because he refuses not to get on that left foot. And then he, as you say, can just turn it. it it's incredible. It's like, it's kind of like Ricardo Caresma with his right foot, except it's yeah, the, yeah. Th- that level of single footedness, but he's just that much better. So, you, know. you know what I'm thinking of Ashwin is uh, the, we talked about it earlier is, I was really – I thought – I was completely wrong about Mbappe. I thought his game had kind of ceilinged. Um, and, and the reason I thought it had was because he, just, he decided to stay in the French League. And he just hasn't been – whereas Messi and, and Ronaldo were both fe- f- facing much stiffer competition, both for their place yeah. and then in, in competition um, at that younger age. And it just pushes you to, to heights naturally. And I thought Mbappe made the, the wrong decision. To, to to make a new deal but now i'm having said that first i didn't realize mbappe was at this was at this level where he could dominate such an occasion like this um like ryan said only someone like young fat non-fat ronaldo can do such a thing like this where he's just it's it's both genius and athleticism kind of phenomenal we call him phenomenal brazilian right yeah. phenomenal okay. yeah. brazilian you know i don't think cristiano will be fat phenomenal for a long yeah. for a long time that would be surprising if but fat ronaldo doesn't distinguish um one from the other he is el phenomenal yeah. <laughs> el phenomenal thyroid issue right, yeah. i don't i mean there's no disrespect to to you know uh, uh well if there is um, I, I apologize um and let me just let me yeah, just say, go on, go on. did you guys see the French? Because the, the 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 story was that the French president called Mbappe, yeah, and yeah. decided he would, you know, and, and okay, I mean that might be just a story, but I'm sure there actually a call was placed. No, there place. was the like, French he, president Mbappe was a fanatic during the match. Did you guys was it was he cut in your feed? Was he getting cut to? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the guy yeah, was, was completely like in the throes of this. Wasn't oh, like but, a dignity. But, but Mbappe like a... said this that it's difficult <laughs> when the French president calls you and tells you not to go to Madrid. It's a different kind of pressure. I know? mean, he, what I'm trying to say is he looked like a footballing fan. It didn't look yeah. like just someone up there sort of doing his plaudits. He was completely yeah. in the throes of the match. No, no, way, think, even in the I last World Cup, I think Macron is just like even in the last it, World Cup, he and the yeah. Croatian president. This guy was standing I on think, the tables, you yeah, know, celebrating with Macron. I think it's. It's the most cynical kind of knowing that, like French football, it's kind of he's made it explicit in certain kind, certain times. Like it really is that he re- that he knows that you can use it for the. Uh, it's such a big deal in France. It's a populist thing is to be like I own these guys, and so you see, like when he goes up to Mbappe afterwards, and Mbappe wants nothing to do with it, and like why is the president going and talking to these guys? Uh, they don't have a choice really. That and it, and he gave up speech after the the loss. There's this like uh, dead, like this awful video where these guys are just sitting around having to listen to Emmanuel Macron like spew his bullshit to the team, to the team in the <laughs> room. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! And so you realize that this guy is <laughs> just like, what you want to hear. Yeah. Just what you want to hear. And it's and moment. this ties back into the FIFA corruption and the idea that like what uh, Michel Platini said about why he changed his vote. He says essentially he met with um, the uh, that point. I guess it was Sarkozy, but he met with the French president and the Qatari delegation was there and he was given a message essentially and an implicit message that he was supposed to vote for them. And uh-huh. like, and so now do you believe or not as a man with under a case and everything, but 
it's totally believable the way that these uh, center center right slash center left French presidents seem to use football like well, uh, directly. You know, I'm, I'm imposed I mean, paternalism, right? Which you keep seeing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, it, it's interesting you bring that up because we kind of I think Ryan and I had spoke about it after yeah, after we recorded last time there was the the sort of the political dimension at least in my consciousness proceeding as the tournament went on and this for this to be the final it almost was like conspiratorial not in any way but if you're right for it to for all of the focus just to be on the spectacle of the playing itself you couldn't have no one is talking about yeah. that match if you're talking about that match I I didn't see you know any political discussion coming up even on the margins of because how how could you the game itself crowded it out and I thought it was just interesting that like Qatar insofar as you know you're thinking about the people who are at the top of the country making these decisions it it went very well for them I, I would yeah. say because the European players basically were silenced by whatever implicit threats if there even the threat of a yellow card i'm not mocking them i'm not saying that would be any better but the threat of a yellow card silenced any kind of gay rights activism happening um and that sort of all receded like the english talk you know when they lost to when they lost to france it didn't seem to be we're sorry we're not going to be able to carry on our message of you know rights or whatever england kind of blows it again in this in this way and for Argentina to win, for Messi to win, it just seemed like a victory of a cynical regime, but also a victory for the footballing side. But, but we're also and you saw it the after. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, no. The thing is, the spectacle of it, and how aware they are that this is a spectacle to be exploited in whatever way. I think that most wonderfully came out in the trophy ceremony, where Infantino exactly. and the Crown Prince, you they, give the trophy and then you. They, let them begin their celebrations, right? They go hover around, hover around till it's almost awkward. Like, you know, wait, we need these images, you know, we're part of this. <laughs> no, then... but there was more. <laughs> there was more in terms of, so where there has been a commentary afterwards, I don't know if you've seen the images, there was the investiture of the robe, right, the, right, the yeah. traditional Messi. robe at, around Messi. And so there's been a lot of common debate. Wait, explain this. this. I turned it off right after. What, what happened? <laughs> Oh, they've made him wear a Ashen. black robe, yeah. a bisht, it's, uh, which is what the, the Qatari what? royalty, I think, wears. So they, they put yeah, it on. So like it took the about Qatari crown prince seconds. coming on and putting, yeah, putting the bisht around him. So now this is fascinating because in terms of symbolism, uh, it's a lot of the takes first and foremost were criticism of Qatar for making it all about them because um, from the Western press, right, by doing this this elaborate thing that's not in the spirit of the world cup counter sort of uh let's call it the post-colonial uh cultural forces on twitter and elsewhere has been, have been like look at this orientalism you guys don't see that this is like an authentic uh show of respect in Ar- arabo-islamic culture etc etc yeah. yeah. um you know and they connect it to the, the sort of this poetic <laughs> tradition of it, it actually a prophetic tradition first and foremost is where the prophet Muhammad gives the robe to a poet and sort of this plays out historically in in certain contexts like Sufi masters sort of in the investiture of a robe has a as a symbolic sort of um uh value in the initiatic process of right. in Islamic mysticism and chains there so I love that aspect of it um as a student of uh of 
Sufism that like, oh, you've crowned, now Messi has transcended sort of this temporal realm of royalty and has it become a sage of sorts, you know, this sort of perfected master. His, <laughs> so I don't know, but um, yeah, it was a great, exactly, as you say, the spectacle sort of, uh, it, the football, you couldn't have scripted it any better for it to come out on top. You know, just to come back to the footballing aspect and Messi winning his of the World Cup, which I think football sort of needed to confer on him, right, in a certain way. Um, Also, just the team, it's, he actually, I mean, this was, obviously he was the maestro and the orchestrator and even the way... I mean, I know a lot of most of his goals were penalties, but they were. I mean, there there could be a lot of stories about the penalties taken. I mean, they're very impressive. Some of them. Yes, about seriously. How he changed even the last one. The, the one seriously. in the shootout was really extraordinary. Right? How you can have that sort of composure and nerves to do something like that? You know, just roll it past. But just coming to the entire the six matches, um, not counting what happened against Saudi. It was like the whole thing about the messy dependence. Oh, it was there to a certain extent, but everyone played their part. These three Absolutely. young players who came through, Otamendi had a better than usual, I mean, better than expected World Cup. Right. Lissandro came in the matches that he demarried. You know who was poor, though, consistently, mostly? Ooh. Romero, I thought. Romero, Romero I thought was, was, I mean, he did okay in, in at least two or three matches. Well he was very final. poor in the first match where he was dropped after that. But I think after that, he had a reasonable yeah. time. But the other thing is, yeah, even when you look at the entire, when Messi messed up the penalty against Poland, which shouldn't have gotten anyway, two other players <laughs> stepped up and scored. Like McAllister had such a good, um, and they and they contributed with goals. I mean, actual goals. Lissandra, uh, sorry, Lata. All these names are McAllister scoring, Enzo scoring, Alvarez scoring, Di Maria coming in the end and scoring. So there was like, it's not all messy or bust, right? Okay, if he's made, he's missed a penalty against Iceland last time, the whole World Cup unraveled after that. Here, there is something that he can rely on. Even Lataro, who had such a miserable World Cup, he scored the last penalty against Netherlands, right? There was something, and yeah, yeah. that touch, and he played well in the extra time against yeah, Netherlands the third as well. goal, the touch. I mean, which yeah. set up that third goal. So there was, I mean, it needed to come together. It wasn't only going to be messy, as it never is in any World Cup. I mean, so, but also it mostly wasn't messy. Ash, when you said it earlier that yeah, Messi came through, but in the run of play throughout the match, a lot of it went through. Everyone else was zipping the ball around. Exactly, yeah. Um, Enzo and, and Yeah, I mean, Enzo, oh my God. Like, the, that time where he he's in the center of midfield, 1v1, and against Griezmann, and, I mean, he has the the composure to do that nice drag back, with drag around mm. with the sole of his foot yeah. and play out, play out wide. I mean, he was just dribbling through people for fun in times where, like, high-pressure situations. Um, and also, I think there's, like, the number of tackles he successfully made was the most in a World Cup final since Gennaro Gattuso for Italy. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> as many as. That's funny. So the fact that you have this like um, box-to-box talent, um, this is a generational box-to-box talent, I think. Could be. Could, yeah, be. could be. And you've got like, if McAllister stays, I mean, he was supposed to be, when he came to Brighton, 
it was a surprise move. He went there because he wanted to play first team football, but he, all of the bigger clubs were in for him when he was 1920. Um, so if he keeps building, like, he keeps doing this. Yeah. Then that's a 23 year old. This is like, you're talking about next world cup. Um, you have a midfield. Um, and so, and Julian Alvarez, again, the city move was a little strange because this is the biggest talent and here, you know, you're not going to play behind Holland. So, um, good for him because now he's going to see the bet, the end of the bench for the next few months. Again, he'll have plenty of time. (laughs) You know, I was thinking with the end of the match, like, First of all, it was a brilliant extra time period. It was similar to the Dutch versus, uh, you know, Argentina match where France was totally on the ascendancy and they dropped off a bit. Not to the extent that the Dutch did where they just stalemated the first 15 minutes, but the French did not um, keep keep at that manic level, which I thought was interesting because it was 2-2, um, you know, with, what, 15 minutes left le- left to play? including all the extra time. I mean, all of the just added time and stoppage um, before the extra time. And France was basically going all out to get the third goal. And that time was, it was surprising. For me, I was like, wow, they're just saying we're going to get the third goal. And then, okay, you're in extra time. And now, you know, you have 30 minutes, no matter what, I would think that just from, you know, an abstract perspective, if it was like a mathematical problem, I would say, okay, take the risk, keep going. If Argentina somehow gets you on the counter, you there's clearly wobbling you brought on these guys you're hoofing it up to them you have Mbappe is firing and they stepped off of the the pedal a bit and Argentina was able to you know to get their goal which was actually a very nice a very nice goal and it was another moment where VAR kind of it was a it was just a weird celebration for me because I completely got it wrong I thought Lotaro was offside I thought so he was visibly yep. offside. So, yeah. so I was like, my friends running around the room, you know, I'm like, sit down, like it's offside. It's offside. I kept it's saying just... that. I was like, yeah, yeah. No, no, offside. He, no, he wasn't offside, but it's another yeah. one of these odd, bizarre things. But I was thinking as I, as we were watching the end of the match, like it was almost like this spiritual exercising of demons for Messi. It was like, it would have been too easy if he just won 2 0. Then it would have been too easy if it was just 3 2. Then if it, it would have been too easy, if it would have been too easy if Mbappe missed the first pe- if missed the first penalty, like he had to do it every time. He like no one can say that he hasn't done it now. Like he did it to the absolute ultimate dimension. I think yeah. Mbappe co- complete kudos to him because I thought you know, in addition to just how brilliantly he played, I, I thought to score the third penalty and to just go down the side and to score that was that one could have been saved it, it was still a good penalty but it could have it could have been saved the other two yeah. you know but it, i think mathematically when when you're the first team going I, I don't know exactly what the numbers are but you tend to win especially if you hit the yeah, first yeah, penalty that is usually so, the case yeah so so i'm thinking i don't know if either of you two are thinking that i'm thinking well first of all i'm watching with my friend who knows his stuff as well and it, when mbappe's going up he's like miss 100% miss. Mbappe's done it. He has <laughs> yeah. to, there's no, he can't do it. He can't do it again. He already has, he's already yeah. taken the golden boot away from Messi. Like he can't, it's just, it's goal. Now I'm thinking ultimate grand tragedy for Messi. After all of yeah. this, he walks up, he misses the penalty. That's the only way I saw it going. And for him to take the penalty, you mentioned that before Ashwin, but yeah. you know, I think, I think even Ram had said a few times ago that 
uh, Messi is statistically underperforms versus the mean yeah, in yeah, penalties. Yeah. So and you would never know it from the way he took these penalties. Like, yeah. I mean, it was, this, was, this was the only part of his game where I'm thinking, you know, why is Messi still taking the penalties? Like this guy, it's just like he's psychologically, he's simply not up for them. Just let someone else take them. Like let Aguero have them or whoever the, you know, the equivalent is on the team and just let him. But th- to go up there and to do that technique in that moment, I, I, even Mbappe yeah. is not up for it. No one's up for that. How can you no do one. that in that moment? I could see bit part like lesser players like Hakimi. Not that Hakimi is a lesser player or anything like that, but I could see the Paneka in like that moment yeah. because it's like it's your moment. Well, Go to back. be fair, if Messi, but I'm just to finish, Messi, yeah. if he misses the penalty, it's his yeah. defining moment for the rest of his life. It doesn't matter that he's the greatest right. player of all time. You were the yeah. guy who <laughs> you, you you missed the penalty in the World Cup after that crew, and to go and to not at least f- hammer it. Which is what any right. other person would do in that moment. Right, right. Even well, someone as composed as Harry Kane just well, hammered it's one it at that moment. Level above Zidane 2006 with the Panenka. But, you know, <laughs> yes. Zidane already had a World Cup in his locker. And, exactly. You know, yeah. But the other thing you see with Messi in this World Cup, he had seven penalties, I mean, including the two in the shootouts, and he scored six of mm. them. That's 85% yeah. or so. So slightly higher than he usually manages. Yeah. Um, which is about bordering on 80 or 79 or something like that. You know, the, the one thing, I mean, so, so much of this is about watching Messi over the years and I'm wondering how long he'll continue. And Mbappe played somewhat of a role that Ronaldo has played in Messi's career in this match. Like, you know, just coming up second best, even mm. though being extremely <laughs> impressive. But the thing is, it's also where, and obviously now we know Cristiano's not going to win a World Cup and, and so on. So that obviously puts th- this chap's achievements in, 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 a, in, a, in a certain standing, which, which is not matched. But you can see his egoism coming out. I mean, we always think of Ronaldo as, as that. So they ask him, are you retiring now? Because that's what was expected, right? This is his last hurrah and it's over. And he says, no, I'd like to. He's not saying that he's going to play till the next World Cup, which would be absurd. He's not saying that he's going to play till the Copa. He's saying, I just want to enjoy being champion a little more. So he wants to play. Did he say that? Yeah, he said that. A few more matches. Quoting verbatim. He wants to play about five (laughs) or ten friendlies where they're doing messy. What the fuck? I mean, I understand it. He's earned it. But I'm just saying that sort of. The arrogance glory of him. and deification, it's it's enjoyable to anyone, including him. <laughs> he he has not to 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 those with a subtler eye, I'm not saying we have a higher view, but just to I just mean to those who are watching for it. Messi's egoism has been outrageous yeah. this entire tournament. We were talking about before camera. Yeah. Who goes up to Van Gaal and sticks a finger into a legend of the game who has who happens to have cancer and it's happens and to Barcelona probably be the most legend as well. devastating moment of his professional yeah. career. I could see what did he say? I mean, I could see like a Zidane situation. Oh, the man is whispering racial slurs about your mother. Okay, and that but what did, but he 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 criticized the aesthetic style of your team in kind of a yeah. vague way like what are you doing and him marching around the field the field with like rodrigo de paul like shirtless and it's like there was many moments where where i was every like every time he scored oh. though the most telling was every time he scored he raises his hands you know like the brazilian statue of jesus or something you know yeah. in Rio. Yeah, yeah. i mean it's like that is a but you know it, it wasn't it, it wasn't like you're saying ashwin it wasn't he wasn't finding the man who played him the square ball he wasn't no he it wasn't you know it wasn't um pointing it was it was him 
which is fine. He has earned it, but it's certainly like not. It wasn't against the, the grain of the caricature. Yeah, it, it, it was. It wasn't the, the 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 caricature. Ronaldo has played into it to his discredit. I mean, we had we had slightly differing takes on the tactics of whether Ronaldo should have been playing or why or what what will happen. But now it's over. He's you know he's not, he's leaving United. He didn't it didn't happen for him at Portugal, um, even though he was playing with a m- remarkably better team than than, than Messi. Um, but Ronaldo played his part in terms of the way he behaved very petulantly, regardless of whether he should have been benched or not. He behaved ridiculously. Um, um, and his comments at that, so his comments at the end of his career with leaving United and taking that interview and everything, it makes it look like it's, oh, the Messi's the good boy. Messi, remember the whole yeah. used to thing used to be Messi doesn't dive, Messi doesn't dive. Right. When Messi reached 30, he started diving at any opportunity yeah. that any other normal place there's nothing there's no shame in diving right I'm always in terms of diving yeah but in terms but, of but he, pettiness <laughs> last year when with the, when they beat Colombia and he went up to uh yeah Baila he was a Yerimina it was like you yeah, know saying Baila or dance now yeah Baila or like oh okay that is there's no reason for that don't <laughs> kick the man when he's down um and yeah. Mark what you were saying in terms of another thing that made me like really like Mbappe he didn't need to have that touch of class after Morocco, like where he puts on Hakimi's shirt and celebrates. Yeah. And then afterwards, like puts like an Instagram post about, you know, to his friend Hakimi. You'd never see that from Ronaldo just to be like, oh, you made the world, world proud. Like, don't be upset. The, he didn't need to do with, that kind of no, thing. No, no, no. The thing with Mbappe was always like, which which bothered me coming into the tournament. And again, this is a ridiculous exercise. We're like pop psychologizing people I've never met, but, but, at the same time, you know, it was like this PSG thing. I remember very, very notably, like Neymar and Verratti and all these guys were going to their one of these extravagant nightclub parties, you know. And then like Mbappe with some lesser player in Paris was going to some like charity events, <laughs> like the Western suits, and there's some sort of like just cause that they so he was kind of whether authentically in like a Rashford sense or not, he was always presenting himself as this sort of goody goody, both politically and and that kind of has unraveled in the last year when he had to contend with the giant egos of Messi and Neymar and when he hasn't got his Champions League and hasn't completely gone as he'd want since the last World Cup. So, but still the man is 23. And so the amount of class and like composure that he has is way above the mean of what should be expected of him. I I think, you know, I love this idea of Rashfordian authenticity as a the <laughs> corrective to Sartre's existentialist idea of authenticity in the football game. But you know, I I, I think Deshaun might stay on, but I think if Zidane No, comes, gosh. No, I don't Get like him match. at all. But because you if know, you take Giroud off in the fortieth minute and you lose the final, you should be fired on the spot. But you know there should be no sentimentality. He should but, leave. But now. more than that, I think I think if Zidane becomes manager of France, you have a big enough personality, a stern enough personality, and a personality that no one, including Messi, can actually bully or be the bigger person in that dressing room. You'll have a man manager who will actually, I think, bring out the best in those set of players. And France actually have a great chance. I mean, I know it's still four years to go. It's way too early. But look at the younger players who are developing right now. And, you know, they'll be... A certain prime so aside more about this just I, I mean France won this year's U20 World Cup and mm-hmm. like they're two of their three best players are are just never going to make actually all three of their best players are Sekumara was the top goal scorer in the tournament he's like he, he's been coming up 
through as this, the next big thing, best thing for a while. But he's like 20 by now, right? He's, tw- he's never going to get into this team as a forward until yeah. he's like 27. And the other okay. two have Algerian parentage. They'd be better off just like not playing for France and playing for uh, Algeria if they wanted to. But no other nation has this problem, I think, that like, well, our entire U20s, U21s, no one's going to make the team. So, like, what are we going to do? What your your first team has to be in the final and winning it every year. Otherwise, there's like this. There's an insane amount of talent for France. No, 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 the thing is, it wouldn't be an authentic yeah. French team if it weren't made up of you know people of African descent. <laughs> I know. I have true. to think yeah. that about ninety percent of their their team can have dual citizenship. I'm sure. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, this is what it's bizarre that that the, their youth setup is so good, but most you know it's bizarre to me would be starting elsewhere right now. They, absolutely, they would. The bizarre thing to me, I said at the beginning of the tournament, I think I've been mostly vindicated. I've been wrong about almost everything else. Loris, yeah, it's bizarre for him to like be getting all the plaudits, like he broke Turam's record of of you know uh, most games played, most games played in a World Cup. He's won all of these things. The man is notably one of the worst keepers in, in the in the world cup is noted he's physically there's nothing about him where you're where that's compensating for his clear lack of it's not like oh this guy's really big oh this guy's a ball player oh this guy's a penalty specialist the fact that he i mean he couldn't do anything throughout i mean he made very he made saves during the england match where the ball was kicked at him and he, he, him, he yeah. made the he made i'm not i'm not saying they were but he didn't do anything to change anyone's opinion to to not I mean I mean I'd that's like to the talk one about position the they don't have that's the one I mean they don't have but it's so bizarre that they don't have it's 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 bizarre because I'm sure that they do there's no way that they I mean I can't think of I'm thinking of the kid that was playing at uh, at, at uh, Ariola as well yeah Ariola exactly yeah. what I was trying to think of I feel like he got into the setup at some point or maybe those they were just it's one of those things with goalkeepers he made a a big mistake here and there and like just was dropped after and yeah, psychological he, thing but yeah yeah i'm just thinking kind of like those dutch teams him. when they're at the, their best and they still <laughs> had like you know trotting out martin stecklenberg at 45 kind of thing <laughs> but but i'm thinking how does he not save the the um the paredes penalty to just give them to give them a chance like to you know it's emmy martinez was ah it's just a bizarre thing where it's a, it's a matter of moments. Like, you know, Kingsley Coman is going to get a lot of, I'm sure they'll, I, I thought he was going to make the penalty. I thought, good. Okay. Kingsley is coming up and taking this one, yeah. but that's not one that Loris saves. So it's just, okay. you don't have a chance when you're, when you're France, once you reach that Paredes, the Paredes penalty and the, and the uh, Kingsley Coman were, were very similar penalties, very weakly yeah. taken right to the keeper. If you yeah, guess the right I think time, we all knew, right, it? that if it went to a shootout, knowing how good Emmy is in these situations and knowing how bad Larice is, obviously in one exactly. shootout anything can happen. But there are this guy is actually very good at penalty take. I mean, stopping, and then Larice is yeah. especially bad. So that does right. sort of give you the edge, even though they began first. Great. I I just want to say. I, for one, am very glad that this World Cup is over because if someone was telling me that it was even exhausting for this to be on like the, the background of their life, this was in the foreground. I watched yeah. almost every match 
I didn't do the, I didn't like do that much of the staying up on the the commentary and what was happening around, but that was an average of at, le- at least two hours a day of watching games for the past like, going on a month now is absolutely absolutely exhausting, and I'm very glad it, it, that we get a rest until the Carabao Cup. <laughs> my final say is I did think that Argentina and Brazil the winner of the semi-final would win the World Cup and I still think that well, that you still is, think they will win the World Cup? <laughs> effectively that is what happened but I still think if Brazil had made it to the semis I wouldn't really be confident that Argentina would go through even though um, uh, they they you know, in the end, Brazil didn't make it that well, far. Go ahead. Yeah, in terms of the technical uh, level of the matches, we've seen, even though we've seen some great matches, they weren't all at the same level. Um, the ones that were, in terms of like quality players playing their their best, yeah. Spain Germany was up there. Great and match. This is probably yeah. This is the second one after that. The second time we've seen that level of club football let's say on display again it was a great it was a great tournament yeah it was definitely the best tournament that i remember it was absolutely there was no like you're saying there was no long-range shots to that were really memorable in that sense no none at but all, i yeah. thought like i thought like you know aside from the u.s national team kind of you know, performing at about their level i thought if you're watching this in an american context it has to increase your interest in the sport. Um, I thought because it wasn't nearly the tactical slog that we kind of worried it would be. Right. Well, four years on, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we didn't um, touch on the really big event, which is the Carabao Cup today um, of the week, but hopefully the World Cup final um, discussion made up for that. Thank you all for listening in and we'll see you next time.